Hi, this is Gary. I'm Shangar. You're listening to the bar. All right, today we're going to talk about why people do charity. So, Gary, you started an NGO how long ago? Nine years ago. Street Feeders KL. Yep. But you had started doing charity, you started feeding the homeless. With my mom 21 years ago. Okay. Why do you do it? My mom broke me into it. Real answer. I, I honestly didn't know what homelessness was all about until I was helping out at a soup kitchen she was at. I honestly thought they were all just drug addicts and beggars and I didn't see far beyond who they were until I was given an opportunity with a setting to explore the humanity within them. Okay. And then you started Street Feeders KL nine years ago. Yeah, got why bought one night, nothing better to do. But seriously, why did you do it? Um, I think initially I was just doing it for myself, you know, very selfish reasons. I was the height of my film career and I felt this sense of emptiness. I felt I wanted to do something in my time. And this is after I had done missionary work in Kenya, right? So you think about saving the world that time more than 10 years ago you would think feeding starving children in some third world country and it wasn't until I was walking on the streets one night and I've told this story in many of the talks I've given where my girlfriend at that time emphasized on the ex was clubbing and she I remember it was somewhere in KL and I wasn't so much into clubbing so I decided to sit out and wait for her eventually I had the common sense to just stay home but it was sitting next to the load look truck one night that I saw this guy picking up f something from the garbage bin and I decided to follow him down this alleyway and through lanes and I noticed he was gathering cardboards to put up for the night and it struck me that all this time when I was helping my mom many years before that I never saw where they slept at night and that was a very profound moment for me. And honestly, I just wanted to do something. I didn't know what. I had no intentions of building an organization or changing the world. I just wanted to be their friends. That was what I was doing in the soup kitchen with my mom. I couldn't help in the kitchen because I was rubbish at cooking. I can cook now. But I just wanted to know them, their stories, their hopes, their dreams. And so I tap out Naslama that I had liked from Sipak with this fried chicken from Nasilamak Bumbung. And I had a group of friends who wanted to tag along. And so I was doing this, again, just because it was to fill a need and emptiness that I had in my life at that moment. And it also was a chance for me to get my friends to hang out with me. And one thing led to another, we are where we are today. And that's how you got started. Eventually, the food itself became an excuse and became a medium. But what you were trying to get at is to interact. It was a bridge. Yes. Yeah. I think M Malaysians are bonded so well with food. Yeah, they do. And why do you think other people do charity? Do you feel like this applies to everybody? Or do you think there are people out there who do it for very selfish reasons? I honestly hope... I mean, there are probably some who did it because it was a trend, they started copying. I mean, if you talk about street feeding, it only boomed in the last 
five years really and you start seeing a lot of people really going out there and doing something for the homeless but where were they 20 years ago 15 years ago 10 years ago right and it's fine if they started for the wrong reasons but I hope genuinely somewhere in their journey they do it for themselves or do it for the community perhaps so, so, so there will be some people who would do it for impact but do you genuinely believe that there are people who do it for fame recognition definitely. and validation definitely everyone has a s secret agenda that's known or unknown it's something that they selfishly do it for themselves where does that sense of feeling appreciation whether it's for the fame and the likes and the social media virality that you were mentioning or simply it's just for them to feel good you know have that validation from their friends and families who says good job keep it up could it also be coming from a place where people are doing something that gives them a sense of purpose definitely that's what volunteering is all about isn't it there's a lot of this boom has started so much in the last several years that I've seen particularly where you have companies focusing very heavily on their CSR projects. We're talking about university and college students having to clock in community hours or even syllabus integrated into their education about giving back to the community, looking at the social side of things. Uh, it's so embedded in our culture that sometimes we don't know if we're doing it for ourselves or is it just a requirement? Mm. Have you seen people who do it f to gain connections or to meet people and to actually find partners even? Street Feeders is a good example of that. Uh, if you remember how much volunteers we used to attract on a nightly basis, you're bound to attract people that you want to keep. Right? or even meet people of similar interests or having their hearts in the right place. And so creating a social atmosphere like that is something different. Think about it. In those days when Street Feeders came about, how many places could you go out and meet people, real people, not just bars and clubs? Very few, right? And so an opportunity for you to meet three, four, five hundred volunteers on a given night Barely. I can't think of any. So there was always a motivation. Bursi. I just thought of it. Rallies. <laughs> That's another place you can meet people. Okay. Do you think anyone does charity for money? Definitely. So many. But how does that work? They're doing it for the wrong reasons. It comes no, from within. But how do you get money doing charity? Uh, social enterprises. Uh, that balance of doing good work but also paying themselves for it and keeping it sustainable. Not just sustaining the social cause, but even themselves to keep doing this, right? Gone are the days where people are doing it out of their own pocket. People are wiser, smarter. They don't want to go broke helping people. And so they're doing it essentially as a job. It pays them. It's a way that keeps them going. But there's also people who are just straight out teeth they steal money they dip their hands in the honey pot and they take money um, maybe they started for the right reasons but maybe they also had a change in perspective or their focus moved towards I don't know stealing they got greedy greedy yeah 
they saw how an organization can grow and how people are generous and people just leverage off people's generosity and it doesn't have to be money right it could be in kind as well you spoke about social uh, enterprise earlier do you don't, do you think it's it's okay to be self-sustainable while you're doing something that's meant for a good cause though i think the tricky part is to find that balance between having a business model that works that's sustaining but it doesn't detract anything from your social work the humanitarian side of things and how do you think people can actually do things that could really contribute what's the advice you would give to people who actually have a good heart actually have the mind in the right place and want to contribute but don't just don't know how so if you have a business mindset or you have that's your experience and your background instead of starting one maybe pair up with an organization that could use that side that you could complement with they may be good in the social side the grassroots side but they don't have a structure business model sense and by partnering with them collaborating you complement rather than contrast what's already existing and that to me is beautiful but the only way that's achievable is people putting their egos aside and learning to work with each other for the betterment of everybody and having said what you said earlier how are you supposed to distinguish between organizations that are truly trying to make a difference and those with people with ulterior motives with, who have their own self-interest at play don't listen to their words watch how they walk that's what i would say i whenever i have someone wants to work with me words are cheap you could sit down you buy me coffee you could tell me your plan of what you want to do to help the community but i'll ask you would you like to walk the streets with me and that's when it really shows what you do your body language how you interact with the community it speaks so much more louder than all the nice fancy words you could say all the empty promises they could be genuine but until you really turun padang and walk among the people i think that's when you can really tell the difference so actions speak louder than words definitely and um and a thought that comes to mind if you spend so much time talking about what you're doing are you even doing it ah uh, so there are people who call themselves social activists or social advocates and that's what they do they keep creating awareness they have a social media presence they create um awareness on communities and causes and needs it but there are those who also do walk the streets as much as they talk about it i'm not saying that everyone is just on one side of the spectrum and some are on the extreme end but there are some who has a very good balance and you know we were talking earlier about there are people out there who's doing amazing work that you never heard about unknown that they, no social media presence they are not famous you never hear their stories but it doesn't mean what they're doing is any less yeah so i do know some people who do a lot um yet unknown but how important is the awareness itself it's as important or as not important as you want it to be only you can define that so if you feel like awareness is a big part of your cause that you need it to maybe garner support to lobby policies to be changed to raise funds do it but if you don't if you are doing something just for one person within your capacity within your own resources and you don't need to tell the world about it then just focus on that you don't have to keep 
sounding the horn every time you help somebody. If you're fighting for the rights of refugees and you do need the exposure, the awareness, uh, for there to be a momentum for a change, then do you think there is a way to have a balance between actually being on the streets with the refugees and shouting about it as well? Definitely. I mean, in the early days, people used to ask me, Gary, what's your biggest challenge? It must be money, right? That's what you're clearly lacking. And I'm like, no. It's people's mindset. It's their way they look at homelessness. That was my greatest challenge, was to change their perception towards this community because it is framed and stigmatized in the media in a certain way. And um, that's what I, I struggle with. And so having that layer of awareness education and understanding only bridges the gap and helps my work a lot more okay one final question so majority of the people you know in the social sector which you've obviously been uh, in for a long time why do they do charity I hope they're doing it for themselves I mean they probably said they started they, everyone has their own origin stories and at some point it's probably for the community but I honestly feel if you don't find a reason for yourself you will have that moment in one night where you start questioning why you're doing this you know it could be moments of burnout moments of feeling lost but one always has to keep that at its core at its centre to remind yourself why you started this journey why you're still doing it alright on that note that's all the time we have for this episode until next time, take care. Bye.